I'm glad you're here tonight. Glad you have joined us. As you know, on these Sunday nights, we've been in the book of Ephesians, about to finish up the book of Ephesians here before long. But spending a little time, slowing down just a little bit, and looking at uh, these last verses of Ephesians chapter 6, where Paul was talking about the armor of God. And tonight we're going to talk about it again. This is part two. Let me just review one of the things that we, some of the things that we've said. First, if we look at the verses themselves, beginning in verse 12, just looking at verses, verse 12, Paul said, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. So it is in our battle against these dark forces that we need to be clothed with the spiritual armor that Paul describes as the armor of God. I remind you of David. We use him as an illustration. It's an imperfect illustration, but I go back to it over and over. Uh, he was offered Saul's armor, and if you think about it, certainly Saul's armor would have been the best in all the kingdom of Israel, but it would not have been sufficient for the battle with Goliath. And it was not the armor that David used or needed. The only armor sufficient for the battle for David was the armor of God, and the only armor sufficient for our battle against the enemy is the armor that God provides. Paul wrote, in verses 13 through 15, Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to re resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having your loins girded with truth and having put on the breastplate of, breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And last week we said simply three things. We needed to be girded by God's truth. We needed to be guarded by God's righteousness. And we need to be grounded in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We don't need shields and swords of our own making. Uh, what we need is provided by God, through God, and not by way of physical property, but by way of a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I Explain that to you as I took you to Romans chapter 13, verse 12, then verse 14, where Paul said, the night is nearly over, the day is almost at hand, so let's lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. And then he described the armor of light in verse 14. He said, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the lust of of the flesh. Jesus Christ is the only one who can make you strong in the Lord. Now let's think about that just a little bit because we talk about it all the time. We say we need to receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. What does that mean? Paul said Christ is in you. Jesus said I will come into him. I will be in you and with you. Christ in you, Paul said, is the hope of glory. It's Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It is Christ living in you, living his life through you. One of the things that we've gotten really messed up about the Christian life is that it's me trying to mimic Jesus. It's me trying my best to live like Jesus. That's failure. 
That's failure because you can't do it. The only way you can be what Christ wants you to be is if he lives his life in you and through you. Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And he goes on to say, so he said, I live by faith uh, in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so we've come to that point that we need to look at tonight. We come to the 16th verse of the 6th chapter of Ephesians. And this is going to be our key verse for tonight. In addition to all, Paul said, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. So our first question tonight is, what is the shield of faith? If you think about it, is it something you hold in your hand? Is it something you wield in battle? What is it and how can we get our minds around that? First, we need to talk about faith and what faith is and what faith is not. Remember, faith is only as good as the object in which it is placed. If the object of your faith is what you believe it to be, then your faith will not help you if it's not what you believe it to be. But Your faith will not help you because your faith will be proved to be invalid. In other words, if this is a cardboard box over here, this chair is a cardboard box, flimsy cardboard, one of those Dollar General cardboard boxes, you know, like made out of a tissue paper box, and, I, and it's made into a chair, and I go over there and sit down on it, what's going to happen when I sit? I'm, I'm going to fall right through it. Some of you had that experience. But if it's a chair like this one over here, then I can not only sit on it, I can stand on it, and I know that it's going to hold me up. I can have confidence in the chair because the chair is strong. So here's an illustration I heard a long time ago. It's still my favorite. Suppose there are two planks across a river. One is a strong plank. The other is a plank weakened by age and decay and termites. An old rotten plank stretched across the river. No matter how much faith you have in that rotten plank, it's going to collapse when you put your weight on it and try to cross that river. Uh, regardless of, uh, on the other hand, the strong plank, the solid plank, no matter if, if your knees tremble, no matter how weak your faith is in the strong plank, no matter how worried you are about what's going to happen when you put your weight on it, it is not going to collapse. Not because of how strong you believe in it, but how strong it is. And likewise, when we put our faith in God, it is God who is strong and not our faith that's strong. So Jesus said, if you have faith, how much? The grain of a mustard seed. You shall say to this mountain, be removed. And it will be cast into the heart of the sea. It's not a lot of faith because you're putting it in a place that's valid, that's strong. And so that's what we're talking about when we speak of faith. We speak of a faith that looks to God, that believes, according to the book of Hebrews, that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So what is faith? According to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, in the NIV it says, 
Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we don't see. And in the NASB, it says faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. To put it short, here's number two. Faith is simply confidence in God. That's what faith is, confidence in God. Faith is never faith in itself or in the power of one's own thinking. Faith is always in the person and power of God. If you look at Hebrews chapter 11, if you want to turn there, I'm just going to run through some illustrations that the writer of Hebrews, by the way, the book of Hebrews is, looks like a, a great sermon. That's what, it, that's what we believe it to be. We believe it to be a sermon, not just a book, but a sermon. This guy's preaching. And so when he gets to the 11th chapter, he starts giving illustration after illustration, biblical illustrations about people and how they place their faith in God. He said, by faith, Abel offered a sacrifice. He offered that sacrifice, obviously, with his hands. But he did it with confidence in his heart toward God. That's the point. And then he talks about Enoch. He said, by faith, Enoch was taken. But he did not take himself. He had confidence in God, and God took him. He said, by faith, Noah built the ark. He did it with his hands, with the help of his sons. But he did it because he had confidence in God. Abraham did all the things that he did because he had confidence in God. The people of the Old Testament lived by faith, he says, even when they didn't see the fulfillment of the promises because they had confidence in God. And the lack of fulfillment did not shake their confidence in God. The children of Israel walked through the middle of the Red Sea. They did so because they were confident in God. And when the waters parted, their faith didn't part the waters. God did. Faith didn't topple the walls of Jericho. God did. By faith they obeyed and did everything he said because they had confidence in him. And all of these mighty things, the, the writer of Hebrews says, happened by faith. They shut the mouths of lions. They, they, shielded, they were shielded from fire in the fiery furnace. And who did that? God did that. And then he talks about Others that were tortured, they were jeered and flogged and chained and imprisoned and stoned and sawed in two and put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, mistreated, wandering about in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. And although none of them received what was promised, he says, they never lost faith in God. They never lost their confidence in God. You understand what I'm saying? Faith is simply confidence in God. I'm going to be confident in God in the middle of my personal difficulty. I'm going to be confident in God. I'm going to be confident in God's word. I'm going to be confident in God's promises. I'm going to stand on these promises because I, I know that although they're old, they're not rotten. They're tested by time and they're going to hold me up. My faith is my confidence in God. Paul takes his imagery of the shield of faith and the fiery darts from the life of the Roman soldier and the, what he might face in battle. And he relates this to the devil because there are going to be time when, times when the devil will throw his darts at you, they will shower around you, and he will attempt to seek them, sink them deep into your heart to discourage you, to distract you, to defile you, and to destroy you. And when we talk about the shield of faith, 
Faith is not something you hold in your hand. This is the next point. Faith is not something you hold in your hand. Faith is a hope that you have in your heart. So don't think of faith as this thing I've got in my hand that I'm, man, I'm fighting off darts here and there and yonder. Here's the picture. The Roman soldier had two shields. He did have one that he wore on his arm that he would carry into battle. And that shield would help him in hand-to-hand combat. But as we've talked about these arrows of the enemy, they didn't just sit behind a tree and say, "Mm, I'm going to hit old Kenny Pierce back there in the corner. That's that's not the way that happened. What they'd do, there'd be about three or 4,000 of them, and they'd take their arrows, and they would dip them in pitch, and they would light them afire, and then they would shoot them all at once, and when they fell, they fell like rain on the Roman soldiers. Thousands of flaming arrows falling everywhere. And so he had one shield that was a small shield he carried on his arm, but they had another shield, which was a full-body shield. And they could take those shields, the Roman soldiers could, and they could interlock them as they fought so that they formed a wall, or I guess if they needed something other than a wall, they could be a roof. And they would shield them against these arrows that were raining down around them. And so Paul pictures this. He said, you need the shield of faith So that when the devil in the evil day, the evil day that he talked about, that day that the devil has on the calendar of your life, when he pulls out all the stops and the enemy comes in like a flood and the arrows begin to fall, you can quench all the flaming arrows of the enemy with your confidence in God. That's what faith is. It's confidence in God. Now remember we're talking about the armor of God. It's the armor that belongs to God. It's not our our armor. It's His. He provides it for our protection. We gird ourselves with His truth. It's God's truth. We put on the breastplate of righteousness. It's His righteousness. And when we put on the shoes of the gospel of peace, it is the peace of God that passes all understanding that guards our hearts and minds because of the hope that we put in Christ Jesus. And finally, when we take up the shield of faith, it is not faith that shields us. Not some flimsy thing that you're going to hold up that shields you. It is the presence of God and the power of God that provides our protection. What then is my confidence against the enemy? Is it something that I hold in my hand. No. No. It is rather in someone that holds me. Do you understand the difference? It's not in something that I hold. It's not in something that I have. It's in the one holding me. It's in God himself or the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me prove that to you from God's own word. Okay? Genesis chapter 15 verse 1. The Bible says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, and he said to Abram, fear not, Abram, fear not. Well, God, why do I not need to fear? Why should I not fear? Because your faith is good and strong. It's like a sturdy shield. You just keep on having it uh, because your faith will protect you. That's not what God said to Abram at all. He said, fear not, Abram. I am your shield, your reward, 
shall be very great. Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 12. I remember the first time I read this verse in the NIV. It doesn't read this way in all the translations, but the NIV, here's the way it reads. Let the beloved of the Lord rest secure in him. Let me, let me read it slower. Listen. Let the beloved of the Lord rest secure in him. For he shields him all day long. And the one the Lord loves rests between his shoulders. Who's taking care of you? Who's holding you? Is your faith holding you up? Holding you up? No. By faith, you put yourselves in the care of God. Let me read you another verse. In that same chapter, Deuteronomy 33, 29. Blessed are you, Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord. He is your shield and helper and your glorious sword. Your enemies will cower before you and you will tread on their heights. Not because how mighty you are, but how mighty your God is. David wrote in Psalm 3, verse 3, But you, O Lord, are to shield about me my glory and the one who lifts up my head. In Psalm 17, he said, My shield is God most high who saves the upright in heart. In Psalm 18, too, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation and my stronghold. And in Psalm 91.4, David wrote, He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. And then Peter ties it all together for us in the New Testament when in 1 Peter 1.5 he writes, Who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Faith is not something you hold in your hand. It's a hope you have in your heart. It is confidence in God. It is God taking care of you. God holding on to you, not in something that you have, but in someone who holds you. The shield of faith works in this way. I put my confidence in God to protect me. I trust in Him. I don't trust in the strength of my faith. I trust in the strength of my God who is strong. He is my confidence. By faith, I place myself behind my God who is my shield, my strength, my fortress, my deliverer, my shelter, my strong tower, my very present help in the time of every need and any need, especially when the enemy comes in like a flood, especially when the showers of fiery darts fall all around me, God will protect me if I will, by faith and confidence in Him, say, God, I can't do anything. You've got to help me. Who do you think is going to help you? Yourself? Something you hold? No. The one who holds you. He holds you. You rest between his shoulders. You see over in the Ukraine and you've seen in other places parents taking care of their kids. That's what a father does. He shields his kids from harm. Takes care of them. 
protects them, doesn't want anything to hurt them. That's the God that we serve. And our faith is simply, don't don't picture it in any other way. Confidence in God. A God who is strong. A God who will never let us down. Never disappoint us. That's what the Bible says. It says, whoever puts their hope in him will never be disappointed. Let's pray.